0: I am rooting very hard for Fiondo Cabangeli to make an impact on the Celtics. And after you hear my one-on-one with him, you're going to be rooting very hard for him, too. It's all right now on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Be ever ready.
1: Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics. Who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O'B. Corralis above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird, the DJ. Keep John on replay. Prime time, dappin' up the truth on the sideline. Raining J's how we started, raising banners, how we finished? Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners.
0: Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every single day, Monday through Friday, with a free, fresh podcast directly to your device. If you subscribe, it's available everywhere podcasts exist. show is also on YouTube. Like, subscribe, all of that stuff there on YouTube. It's there every day as well. I want to thank everybody for making this show your first listen and part of your daily routine. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player, now beat writer covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and an author of the book, The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Today, I'm sharing with you my one-on-one. I wrote a story recently on Boston Sports Journal with Fiondu Cabangeli. He's on a two-way contract with the Celtics, but he's one of the guys the Celtics could be counting on to make an impact in their front court without Robert Williams. If you read the story on Boston Sports Journal, this will give you a lot of what you didn't get in in the piece, but if you didn't read the piece, this is everything. This is my eleven minute one on one with fiondu cabangeli I was just talking to Al because you mentioned the other day that you've been talking to Al a bunch. Mm. And, uh, what's that been like? Getting getting that kind of uh guidance from 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 Al as far as the on court stuff, off the court stuff.
1: It's refreshing, um just because I seen him. Play for a long time and the way he's done throughout the years how he's matured and progressed throughout the years it's inspiring because I see he, there's so many phases in this game he's been the athletic big stretch four big pick and pop big now he's like our vet mature our cornerstone right yeah. so all those phases i'm it inspires me to like cause i, I want to be that kind of guy Cause I, obviously i'm young now i can jump i can do all these things but there's also gonna be a, a part of my life where i have to evolve right so i ask him these questions so I'm, i can think the game Rather than just play the game using my speed up lesson, because one of these days it's going to go, right? But if I have this, I'll be sharp. So I'm always picking his brain asking him things I should look out for, little, little vet things that can give me that extra edge just in case I'm a step slow or I'm late so I can think the game uh, properly. So Al kind of gives me those little tips and tricks that keeps me sharp and keeps me you know, aware of my surroundings, especially on the floor
0: very mature way to think about it you for sure see a lot of young guys like you thinking about that aspect mostly it's about let me get my next contract let me right that
1: stuff yeah Where did I, come from? I he's like when you like if you play the right way the money's gonna follow right so you know if you chase it you'll never get it you know mj said it best like if you just come with the right attitude work hard it's gonna be bestowed upon you yeah. it's gonna drop on your lap like when i was in college i was six man of the year and my whole goal was just being the best six man on my team to be that second punch for the bench unit, because sometimes when the bench comes in, there's a drop off on a lot of teams, right? And I want to make sure that when our bench comes in, we level up. And I had that mentality in college, and before you know it, I became a first round pick. So in when I when I was in the NBA and I came, that kind of shifted for me because you know I felt like I made it. I can you know I can settle in and stuff, and then it came right and flipped on me, and I'm just like, man, I got to go back to where where it started. So since coming to Boston my whole objective really is just to be the guy that brings the energy and that boost because everyone here is so poised and they understand the game and sometimes I feel like if I just bring that spark that with that poisonous and that's you know sense of intelligence that would just take us to another level so that's my mentality like when I come in bring energy you know bring that spark I mean I may not get the ball but they'll feel my energy and presence which in turn can Energize a certain uh, another guy if he's in a slump, or make I run a little harder on the lanes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's all a chain reaction, so that's how I'm coming.
0: So it was almost like a hard lesson for you.
1: Most definitely
0: that that first round.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I got, I remember one time. I remember I was in RGV, and I really do appreciate my time that I won a championship. I met so many great players, staff. My mood was great to me. The owner, the whole Houston Rockets organization, that helped me out in RGV was great. But I remember like my first, my first two weeks I got my paycheck and I uh, called my financial advisor and I said I, I didn't I didn't ask for an allowance he said no that's your paycheck for the league and I'm like man like that, it woke you up because it, it made you realize I'm like oh this can go at any moment you know I was living a certain way and I was like oh this is gonna last forever and then once I got to RGV and I you know started to see how it was in the G League I'm like oh this is not permanent and it wasn't about the money it was just a matter of like you know the status being able like we're we're flying commercial rather than charter and those things were privileges that i took for granted and you know being six foot ten sliding in the middle seat you know taking a bus 3am across different state lines like it's hard but the basketball was still great for me i I appreciated it but those luxuries that i took for granted while i was up top i'm not gonna do that again so i I definitely learned my lesson Mm -hmm. yeah
0: um we know your uncle is is the Kimbe. Yeah. And you know, did did he? What, what what kind of lessons has he taught you that you carry through here? And and are you still? Does he still like help you out?
1: With- yeah. I ain't gonna lie. When I first got to the league, um, he uh, he was super helpful, right? Help me, tips and tricks. I ask him questions question, answer it. And then once I got sent to the G League, there was like a sense of embarrassment because I felt like I didn't let him down, but I felt like he did so much for the game and how he carried himself. And I'm like, you know, I'm one of the, I'm part of his family tree and I wanted to maintain that even though we have different last names. But when I told him about my situation, he was even more supportive and give me more game and more things to help me out with. And I was, and like, once I had once I realized it wasn't about you know me making it or not, he just loved me because I'm his nephew. A lot of like things that I thought were in my head just evaporated. So he's been great teaching me how to stay in shape, things to look for, especially as a big man, because the things that we do as a big man is different. You know, the leverages are different. We have longer limbs. Some of us have shorter torsos. So there's certain things that we have to attack compared to guards and stuff that they may not have to face. You know, so he's like, for example, a good example is like, when we go on plane trips. You know, it's a five-hour flight or whatever. You're supposed to stretch when you get land because you may be a smaller person, who's six foot. Who can walk around and be good? But when you're six foot ten, sitting down, cooped up for that long, mm-hmm. you have to stretch it out. Girl, she'd be tight. Your back might get pulled the next day. Those little things he kind of gave me opened my eyes. So he's been extremely helpful. That's interesting stuff. Yeah.
0: It's, it's all about the little details. It's not even about just yeah. going out there and just, here's the
1: ball. Glugging. Yeah.
0: It's all the little outside stuff.
1: Most definitely.
0: Al was talking about how much you work. You come in here, you practice, and you go hit the bike for like half an hour. Yeah. You're just going through your whole treatment. Yeah. Again, you don't see a lot of young guys doing all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, when, when you have, like, one of the main things I thought about going into Boston is, like, what kind of player or person do I want to be, mm-hmm. and what does that person or player do? So I wanted to be a guy who's a key part of this team, who, you know, does a great job on the, on the floor, high energy. So for that to happen, you have to be in shape and to be in shape at the work and not only work, but be consistent with the work. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, if I want to do a lot of work, I have to find things that are like low impact, which is a bike. Bike is really great for me. Uh, it's, I can get a great sweat, I can get a great burn, get my cardio going up, but it's low impact on my knees and joints. And, you know, I get my free throws in just little details and the strength and conditioning staff sets it up perfect for me so I can do a lot, but at the same time still feel good for the next day. So just coordinating with them and stuff like that, as well as visualizing how I want to be as a player going into this year, it all kind of culminated to where we are today.
0: And then I saw you yesterday, was it yesterday you were out here with, with Jalen?
1: Yeah, that was dope. Yeah? Yeah, that was so cool. Uh, I, we, we were, I was working out with uh, Steve and we were about to work on like touch shots around the paint because I you know, a lot of times I won't be able to get the lob, right? i might like, get a slot pass right I have to finish. Like uh, Ricard Holmes on uh, Sacramento, he's really good at that. And Montrez Harold, that little pop shot yeah. off, out, out of the slot pass. And then uh, JB just walked over, and I thought he wanted to take our basket. So I started walking over, like, oh, my bad, like, get out the way. <laughs> he's like, nah, 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 work, it like work. I'm like, what you want? He said, we're going to do some pick and roll. I'm going to show you which, what to look out for. Because he, he sees, like, he wants, him, he wants me to be a threat of the pick and roll, or not just him, so defense can play us honestly. Yeah. You know, if it's just him getting the ball, defense can inch towards him, and they may not think he's not going to pass the ball, but now that I'm giving angles where he can give it up, they got to play us honestly, and we're actually more dangerous now where JB can really go off, where I can go off, out of the pick-and-roll. And, roll. and we, we just worked on different angles, different slots, and the coach gave us different looks to look out for. So he gave me, as, after every rep, he kind of gave me a tip. You know, he said, read his eyes, read his feet. You know, he's, like, stuff like, little things like that he gave me, like, super, super helpful. So he just came on over and said, you know what, we're working on pick-and-roll. Yeah, roll and roll. I, was, I was geeked. I ain't going to hold you, I was, <laughs> I was geeked, I was really geeked. I was, I was trying to keep it cool, but I was geeked.
0: That's fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there is some level of like you've been watching these guys. Jalen is a star player in this uh, league. Yeah, you know, you know, and look, if Jalen's working with you,
1: then he's not working it with you for nothing. That's why I was geeked. Yeah, that's why I felt, I, I realized I'm like, all right, I'm, like Coach Steve mentioned, he's like, when a player like that comes to you, he sees something that you can that like, he can, you can help us. So I'm like, all right, any opportunity, guys, want me to even if, if they want me to rebound, I'll, I'm with you. Like yeah. it don't matter. So just help, having him be a uh, be a part of his development and growth on the court with him. I appreciate that from him, especially.
0: And then you talk about the type of person you want to be. Yeah. Just explain to me what, what, what that entails.
1: It's like, I remember when when I first got drafted, before I got drafted, right? I thought of myself, I'm, I'm gonna be the NBA player that does a lot, like my uncle. He's not only a ball player, he gives a charity, he does all yeah. these things, right? But when I got drafted and I was in the league, I settled, right? So I'm like, okay, I, I can just go to the gym and go home you know just go to the gym and go home. I wasn't in the community. I was I was in LA clip. I was the I was the Clippers and LA has their issues and I don't remember myself doing anything in particular to help the community that much mm-hmm. or reach out or use my resources to help them out or use my presence to help them out. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I, I took that for granted cuz all these fans come to our game and support us and I I don't return it like I don't I, don't, I, found, I didn't return the favor, right? So Boston gave me a great opportunity. We had um, these prisoners come by. Uh, for, sorry, former prisoners, I right. apologize. Uh, former prisoners come by to tell their stories. Uh, we're, we're thinking about going to the juvenile hall in, a, in a, I think, next week, talking to them. And the Clippers did the exact same thing for me. I just never jumped on the opportunity, right? Yeah. So Boston's gave me a chance to like speak to these kids and do stuff. Malcolm, had, Malcolm wants to start a foundation out here. He's been doing stuff every state st- he's been on with the Pacers and stuff. So I want to do that as well like those are the things because I realize I'm like it's not just about it's not about me it's bigger than me right yeah. I, just, I just put the ball in the hole and rebound but these fans you know go all out just to watch me do this so the least I can do is you know show, show up and show them some love you know so those are the kind of things I want to do as a person yeah, yeah.
0: and then, talking about <laughs> have you been back to have you been to the congo
1: no trip? no i've never been i wanted to go but then i wanted to go the year the summer after i got drafted mm-hmm. but then COVID dropped so i, I couldn't really do nothing because okay. I, had, I had the funds to actually do it this time because i was in college i didn't have that much time yeah so i this i, I do want to go this summer either with nba or with my family or with my uncle whatever yeah is the best situation
0: do you think about like the, i mean obviously there's like the war going on back there there's a lot of you know hunger and you
1: yeah. know do you think about ways to maybe you know when you talk about helping? Yeah. going back or help Yeah. From there, or? Yeah. It's there's it there's there's things that go in my mind because it's like you know I want to help, but I want to make I want to make it the most effective as possible. Yeah. You know, if I just um, give them some a bag of some food or a bag of rice or something, that might last them a week or so. Or if I start a foundation that gives them something, that might last a few months. But it's just I wanted if I'm going to Congo and I'm gonna do something, I want something that's gonna sustain itself. Yeah. Like something that's self sufficient. So um, I've been thinking about it a long time. My uncle done a great job with that building a hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, he does all other things that I, I can't even remember. But I want to find something in that that can make Congo self-sustainable or help groups of people. You know, become a little more independent. So mm-hmm. those are things I'm looking to do. Cool. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Last thing. Not
1: not a serious question at all. Yeah. You okay with getting advice from a Florida guy? Oh, man, a <laughs> gator? I mean, I, I talked to Al, so I <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I ain't gonna lie. I told Al this. I said, if, when we, we play them in a couple of weeks, I said, we got a little bet going, so we're going to see how it goes. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so, yeah, I don't mind listening to Florida guys, especially, you know, when they're certified.
0: <laughs> well, if it helps you at all, Al said that it's okay. He's going to get past the Florida State thing with
1: you. Yeah,
0: it's, all, it's not bad. So much to react to. I, I, I can already tell you right away, I told you, you love this kid now. You love him now. I'm gonna get into a lot of the things that he said next and in my reactions. I'm just I'm really amazed by the maturity of this guy. First, let's talk about betonline.net, your number one source for all of your betting information, including football, college football, pro football. It's all we're all knee deep in that. So if you want to get all the latest, latest player developments, matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis. On every game you can find, just head on over to betonline.net. As always, BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, live betting, up-to-minute scores for every sport out there that includes the NBA. And the Celtics are opening up as three-and-a-half-point favorites right now on opening night against the Philadelphia 76ers. a lot of time before that game, so certainly there's going to be time for that line to move. But right now, Celtics are the favorites on opening night against Philly. You can also get Major League Baseball now that we're in the playoffs, MMA, boxing, golf, any sport that you want. Head on over to betonline.net. You can use your mobile device if you'd like to check out the fastest and easiest way to get all your favorite games and events. It's at BetOnline, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. I hope you're checking out the ultimate pro basketball preview uh, it's a six-episode extravaganza. The Contenders episode did drop on the Lockdown Celtics feed. It featured uh, a few of us, six of us. So check that out if you haven't. And if you want to get all of them, all you got to do is go search for the ultimate pro basketball preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. A lot of fun. All the local experts and NBA insiders from the Lockdown Podcast Network and Odyssey. So uh, these are it's a great way to get yourself ready for the NBA season. So I had my one on one with Fionu Cabangeli. It was a nice conversation there, for uh, eleven minutes or so. Uh, so much to react to there. Uh, so much that is uh, that stands out with Cabangeli. The first thing, and he's he's an older uh, young player. He's in his early twenties. He's twenty four, and but the maturity is is very high. Let me start by saying, first of all. When I talk about how happy he is to be there, can you hear it in his voice? Can you hear just how happy he is to be talking to guys like Al Horford and Jalen Brown when when Jalen Brown came over and first of all, Kevin Kelly's like, yo sorry, my bad. I I'm gonna get out of your way, sir. And JB's like, no, no, we're actually we're gonna work on something. I want you to come screen for me. We're gonna work on this and afterwards, uh, Jalen was asked about that, uh, after, uh, one of the preseason games. And he said that he wanted to get some work in Jalen wanted to get some work in as the pick and roll ball handler. And he turned it into a, a session. I was standing next to a couple of Celtics executives while that was going on. And one of them just pointed to when he goes pick and roll school. And that was awesome because it's, it's, it's Jalen kind of reaching out and giving Cabin the the pointers the the things that he needs to learn and know about angles and so much of nba pick and roll it's it's so complicated and i tweeted it out a while back if you but if, if you look at my boston sports journal story i did include the tweet just jalen teaching angles you know you go here you go there if you see my defender this way you know, on a kind of like a, a a dribble handoff, which turns into a a screen and roll. If you see my defender going this way, then I'm going to go this way. If you see my defender here, I'm going to go here. Over and over and over again. It's it's it. There are so many reads to make in a blink, and it's boom, 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 boom. It's hard to get it all. Hard to get it all down, but. The the lesson is something that will stick with Kavangeli and he's he's gonna run it through his head. And the more you do it, the more you practice it, the more you visualize it, the more you'll say, Oh, I see this. Boom. Okay. The first few times are gonna be slow, but afterwards he's gonna, it's just gonna be a little bit faster and a little bit faster and a little bit faster. I don't know how the Celtics are gonna use him ultimately. He may spend a bulk of his time in the G League. He may spend uh, a bulk of his time up in in Boston. Hard to say exactly. But the more he sees and practices this stuff, the better he's going to get at it. So him, you can see how happy he is to be getting the advice from Horford, from Jalen, from everybody. He said post-game after the first preseason game, how he's just on top of Al Horford's asking him all the defensive stuff. And it's that level of of being humble. And he was humbled by his experience. Very candid, very, very candid and honest about getting to the league, being a first-round pick, and feeling like, ah, I got this. Oh, okay, no problem. I got this. Uh I'm I'm in the league now. I can just go to the gym and come back and not do anything, not participate in any of the community stuff. There's uh the not putting in the extra work, not putting in the extra effort is just go do what they tell you and go back home and you think this is just going to last. And this is why a lot of young guys flame out. This is why a lot of guys don't make it because they think, oh, okay, I've made it. Now I'm good. But the competition is always, always, always flowing. That competition is there. Only I think the top four guys on any team can feel secure in their spots, at least secure in their spots in the league. You know, the top okay, like everybody's starting five for the most part, but not even the bad teams. Those starting fives don't have uh, guarantees. Like there's, there's some bad teams out there. They're going to be starting somebody. You're like, oh, that guy? Really? Mm, okay. So there are, there are only a, a small percentage of guys who can walk in and be like, yeah, I'm good. And on the Celtics, it's obviously Tatum and Brown. And, you know, Smart, uh Brogdon, Derek White, Grant Williams, uh, Robert Williams, Al Horford. Okay. the the Celtics are a really good team. So they have more of those guys. You go to one of the worst teams and you, that, that list stops a lot sooner. But even those guys, that. You can go from like if you're Grant Williams, let's say, and you stop working, you can go from secure to oh, wait a minute. No, forget it. We're talking about Grant Williams and a 15, you know, 12 to 15 million dollar average annual value uh, contract that he's looking for. And that could be minimum contract in a hurry if he just stops putting in the work, which he doesn't. And that's that's part of why. He's going to get close to that money. So, Kevin Gelly, very honest about going through what he went through, going through the, um, the G League stuff. I thought the G League anecdote was really great, where he's like, he got the check, and he calls his financial advisor, and he says, I didn't ask for an allowance. And the guy's like, no. That's your money. that's your that's your paycheck. That's not an allowance, buddy. That's what you live on now. look he's he's very lucky to have gotten a big guaranteed money for a couple of years before he ended up getting cut. but that money goes away in a hurry. and he's doing better than most people. but that again goes away and and you want to do what you love to do close to home and his family came over from the Congo and Democratic Republic of Congo and they settled in Canada. His uncle is the Kembe Matumbo, you heard me ask him about that. And he got a lot of great advice from Dikembe Matumbo. But even so, you don't want to bounce around. This is why guys hold on to these dreams of playing in the NBA. This is why they don't go overseas when you know maybe it takes them a year or two longer to make that decision because they want it they don't want to travel and they don't want to live in a foreign country and for Gelly to go through what he went through and now have this opportunity it's it's a real lesson that he's very obviously learned and I don't think he wants to do that again I know what a team plane looks like, and I know what flying commercial looks like. And I can tell you that on a team plane, the 610 guys like Cabin Gelly get the front row of the this this part of the plane where there's probably eight feet of space in front of them. So they can sit and stretch out and, and lay back and everything and not feel cramped. Versus middle seat middle seat dude I'm six five and middle seats are killers for me I don't know how 610 dude gets into a middle seat and can fly anywhere I wouldn't fly Boston to New York in a middle seat like that's just no no way but that's what you got to do in the G league you got you don't have they don't have a ton of money to to spend and you you don't exactly get to upgrade. Uh, Maybe he can spend some of his money that he made before, or he's on a two-way deal, so he gets $500,000. So he can maybe spend some money if he's playing with the uh, main Celtics to get an upgrade. But a lot of these G-leaguers, you're stuck, man. And these tall guys in middle seats, hard lessons learned, hard lessons learned by him. And I'm just struck by how he's just like, nope. I refuse to do that again. I refuse to do that to myself. And the whole thing about helping others, mentioning Malcolm Brogdon specifically, mentioning other guys, knowing that he has this opportunity to play basketball in front of 18, 19,000 Celtics fans at the TD Garden and hearing how they were cheering for him in that preseason game this notion of giving back, I think, I think it's a, it's, he's in a great place when it comes to that. A lot of players don't have that, that type of feeling. A lot of players don't have that type of thing inside them that says, yeah, I, you know what? I I'm lucky. And I have to, I have, I have a responsibility to this community to do something for them. Uh, some guys do, but not everybody. And it's, it's refreshing to hear that attitude from Cabngeli as well. Uh, he's he's just a, he's just a happy kid. I, I and I apologize. I should apologize. I, I keep calling him a kid. My rule is if I'm twice your age, I get to call you a kid. And I'm twice. I'm more than twice his age. So <laughs> that's that's kind of a word that I just colloquial, you know, colloquialism that I throw around. I'm really not trying to disrespect him. He's a young man who is is very bright and very observant and very humbled by the mistakes that he's made in the past. So I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. It's just, it's just me being an old guy talking about a young guy. Um, and I, I just, I can't help but root for the guy can't help it because he's, gone through, learned his lessons, and now he's working his butt off to try to apply those lessons, those things that he's learned. The last thing that I wanted to share, which kind of ties us all together, which I, I didn't get on on audio because I'd shut my recording when I was talking to Al Horford. I sh- I'd shut that off because he was walking away. And right before he walked through the training room door at the RBAC Center, he said, you know, this guy he, he kind of reminds me of Joe Kim Noah with his energy and the way his energy can impact a game. And I was like, "That's saying a lot from you." He was your teammate. You guys won national championships. Like thats that saying a lot. And he goes, "No, that—that's that, accurate. That's accurate. That you know, he I, I I see that." So, I'm kicking myself for not getting that quote from Al Horford on audio but I do remember him saying that. And then I didn't get Kevin Gelly's reaction to it because something went wrong with my recording. I don't know why. I don't know why I had two devices had my phone and my recorder and both were recording. I shut the recorder off and the phone was still going, but it stopped at a point where I didn't get his reaction. But I can tell you that when I told Gelly that story from Horford, that his face lit up, he was like, whoa. And to me, that reaction that he knows what that means, coming from Al Horford, I was impressed. I, I was happy for him. I was happy that Al said something like that. It's really, really cool. I don't know what... Kevin Gelly is going to become as a basketball player. He still has a long way to go. He still has um, a lot of work to do to become a regular NBA player. He's going to put in that work, and I hope that he can do it. And, And frankly, he's the exact type of guy I would love to see stick around in Boston. It would be great to have him develop to a point to be Robert Williams' backup because they do a lot of the same types of Things on the floor. Just Rob does it a ton better. But Cabin Gelly has similar skill set, just not as good. Can he get to, to being that good so the Celtics can run these these rim runners out there over and over again and, and just beat other teams down? I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see that happen. If for nothing else, I just want to be able to talk to this guy more often. He's just a good dude, and I'm happy for him. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed that conversation. It's a Friday show. The Celtics do play uh, their final preseason game. If you missed yesterday's show, that's where we kind of talked about what we wanted to see in that second, in that last preseason game. And then next week we'll preview the regular season. We'll get the Rain and Jays back together. Those of you who don't know the Rain and Jays, it's me, Jay King, Sam Jam Packard. Jay and Sam do the Celtics podcast on the Athletic. So they left to go do that, and now I've had this show on my own for a while now. But we'll get them back together. We like to do it at least once a year, and we like to do our our season preview together. So that'll be next week. Make sure you're tuned in for that. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet, and uh, subscribe on YouTube as well so you can see the shenanigans. There will be shenanigans for sure when we get together. And if you're on YouTube, comments are very welcome. Uh, Leave the comments, feed the algorithm, and share the podcast. Tell your friends, family, everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.